broadcasting on the BBC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast on the BBC. Welcome home. Thank you for joining us on episode 38 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here with Trevor and Damon. How's it going, guys? Doing all right. How about yourself? Yep. Doing pretty good. Yeah. I'd be doing better if I had a Disney trip schedule, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> I gotta wait for my 11 Dude, month. <laughs> I, I vacationed way too much this summer. Like, I need you a want break. a break from vacation. I need a break from vacation. It was it was brutal. I mean, that's, I know that sounds like very like first world problemy, but like <laughs> I, I need to be home for a little bit. Like, I really a, do. You need a vacation from vacation. I do. That's for sure. Uh, I wish I had that problem. <laughs> anyway, uh, we we are also joined by special guests here today too. Um, we have Marissa and Derek from uh, DVC Resale Market, who are actually DVC Resale Market is a new sponsor to Welcome Home Podcast. So we're so excited to have them here. Uh, we threw it out on Facebook the other day, uh, asking all of you out there what your questions were about resale, and we were overwhelmed by the response that we had, and so. Uh, we're going to try to answer as many questions as we can today, but if you posted a question or sent us a question via email, please know that we will get to it uh, You know, maybe in a future show, but we will try to answer as many as we can today. We just got so many. We have uh, we only have so much time to do all these things. So, uh, Marissa and Derek, thanks for joining us, and uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves, about your background? Now, of course. We'd be happy to. Yeah, first and foremost, thank you guys for having us. We're so excited. I'm just personally so excited because I actually get to see Marissa in person because we work together every single day, but we actually get to now be right next to each other, <laughs> almost like conjoined with our headset that we have right here listening <laughs> to you guys. So thank you guys so much for having us here. Yeah, uh, my name is Derek, um, and I started my Disney career all the way back in, boy, a long, long time ago, almost 20 years ago. I was the, the marketing manager for Walt Disney Parks and Resorts up there in Chicago, Illinois. I'm from the small, booming town of Munster, Indiana. So right there in Northwest <laughs> Indiana. So started my journey there uh, as a marketing manager again for Walt Disney Parks and Resorts. Wound up coming to Disney Vacation Club, actually opened up the preview center that was up there in the suburbs of Chicago. I know many of your listeners, we have a very, very rabid fan base because it was the first ever off-property sales center for Disney Vacation Club. And it was called Doorway to Dreams. And it was at Woodfield wow. Mall, which is a huge mall uh, there in Schaumburg. So I was part of the leading team and opened that. And we did that for about five years and then wound up being a vacation guide, joining the cruise team back around 2014. And almost 100 cruises later, now I get to help folks buy and sell Disney Vacation Club. And hey, I have an amazing team here. And I love being able to work with my partner, Marissa, here. I was blessed to be able to do a lot of the presentations on land and also on the ships. And uh, my partner here, Marissa, uh, and I were blessed to uh, host uh, several member cruises as well out there on the high seas. So now she's right here. Marissa, <laughs> tell these folks about yourself. So yeah, I was, I was telling Derek, it feels like member cruise all over again because we used to be the presenters for quite a few <laughs> member cruises. Um, but yeah, my name's Marissa. Um, I'm originally from California. So I started at Disneyland. I started with the college program and I was in entertainment. So Fantasmic, uh, Parade of Dreams. Uh, electrical parade. I got to be part of all of those and I was friends with a lot of the great characters out there. So had a blast doing that. Um, I actually decided within my first year of working at Disneyland, 
I'm going to go and work on Disney Cruise Line. So I went for about a six-month contract. Uh, six months turned into about six years later. I was still on Disney Cruise Line. Uh, I met my husband out there. And during my time working on Disney Cruise Line is where I met so many members. Uh, members love to cruise, and they're very vocal about it. So I met so many DVC members. I thought, you know what? This is a fantastic way to vacation with Disney. And so immediately once I figured out really what DVC was, I decided I have to be a part of it. So I joined the team at Disney Vacation Club back in 2014. Um, I started on land and immediately found my calling back on the cruise team. So I spent many years on the cruise team. Uh, I love the presentations. I love just getting to spend time with the members out there too. And then I had a little boy a year ago and decided I needed to kind of transfer my journey. One where I wasn't going to be working so full-time. So I joined the DVC resale market team and like Derek said, it's fantastic not only being able to work with new people becoming members, but also working with our members, whether that's helping them add on or sell their membership. That's great. I have a question though already. Oh, so you said in, in Indiana, Derek? Indiana, yes. So, so tell us about Holiday World. Like I need to know from somebody yeah. in the know. Like <laughs> yeah. my career started back in Holiday World. I sold vacation packages. No, uh, yeah, I, I was. We we're so close to being right outside Chicago that it was almost like an ongoing thing where we'd be on the ships, and it was great because we'd meet all these folks from all over the world. And of course, it's logical because people would see my Disney name tag and they'd see Munster, Indiana. And so of course they'd say, oh, Munster, Indiana, where's that? And I'd say right outside Chicago, right? Because that was so much easier than when people asked you and said, where are you from? And I started to literally just say right outside Chicago. And then they would say, oh, really? Where? And I'd say Munster, Indiana. And then they'd say, where's Munster, Indiana? And I'd say, right outside Chicago. That's what I just would just say, right outside Chicago. So we I've actually been a member of Disney Vacation Club thinking about it. Maybe think of it yesterday because last night I spent the night for my wife's birthday and some friends. We went over to Art of Animation because we live about 20 minutes away from Walt Disney World. So we get to use our membership a lot. But last night was not using the membership. But it was great because I got to see so many families that were probably going to be on their way to looking into Disney Vacation Club, staying in one of those family suites and stuff. So it was very, very cool. Because I've had my membership since, I think, 1997, I think, is when I purchased my Disney Vacation Club membership way back when. And I'm sure the listeners will remember if you got picked up in a in a van and you got taken to Old Key West to go do your Disney Vacation Club tour there. So that's when I joined was way back when, when I don't even want to tell you how less expensive <laughs> the points were way back when. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't ruin it for all the people buying in now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's cool that you guys, that you guys did a lot of cruises because I, I think that would be a lot of I mean Damon's a big proponent of doing the DVC stuff on the cruises so oh yeah getting as much free stuff as he can off the cruise <laughs> I, d I did well last cruise I did well last cruise I I won the member the member money at the meet and greet nice. like I I did okay yeah I did all right it was fun it was fun I'm I'm a big cruise person in general so that's I do awesome. like that yeah well awesome well. Why don't we uh, Why don't we start asking you guys some questions from our listeners here? Sure. Uh, we we would love to to learn some more here, and and I think for us, you know, on this show, we're we're very you know DVC centric here, and uh, you know, we're pretty much one of the few DVC podcasts that are out there. There are a couple that cover it here and there, but we always talk about DVC. That's that's our thing. So, um, I, the first question I, I see here is from Dan, and Dan actually asked us a couple questions, and I think this is a question that a lot of people have, and that's has the lack of perks. 
affected sales from April April 2016 moving forward. And, and just to clarify for any listeners out there that don't know what the situation is, uh, Disney kind of changed their rules uh, as far as how, how resale worked. And uh, I don't want to say took away the perks uh, for uh, new people buying resale, um, you know, in April 2016, but they did kind of lessen some of the perks uh, that were available. So Dan's curious if any of those perks have affected sales negatively, positively, and and maybe you guys can shed some light on that. Of course, yeah, of course, we'll be more than happy to answer that. And that's definitely a question that we get uh, probably at least 875 times a day. Is, <laughs> you never heard what? that one, right? You never heard that question before. <laughs> never. But I like the way that Dan phrased it. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I can tell you first and foremost, but it probably, which is strange because Marissa and I were talking about that, too, with Nick, is when that first all kind of came out, it actually wound up bringing a lot of attention to the resale market because there might be a lot of folks that you know maybe weren't even aware we get that all the time right from folks that say gosh i never even knew that there even was a resale market because we always value ourselves here and what i think we love about our jobs so so much is a being able to help people and b we also get to help folks that have done so much research like probably the most well-educated and well-researched folks are the folks that come to us. They've done their homework, so they know all about this. And when, when these changes came about, probably initially, there's probably maybe a little bit of a slowdown of maybe folks you know, being afraid and, oh, I'm not sure, what am I not getting? But again, it brought the actual resale market to the forefront. So there was a lot of folks that maybe didn't even realize that there was a resale market. And then again, it goes back to being able to do their research. So when they started doing their research and when they realized what these quote unquote maybe perks that I may or may not be missing out on, how valuable are these perks going to be for me and my family? And again, that's the joy of what we get to be able to do is be able to help people and give them the time to do the research that they need. We at the DVC resale market, we're not afraid to tell someone if if it works better in their benefit to buy direct, then by all means, buy direct. But if they, at the end of the day, realize and say, you know what, these perks uh, that I remember that contract that I signed, the last page of that contract said that these perks are not guaranteed and can go away at any time. You know what, Derek, I don't know how many of these you know, uh, limited capacity private parties that me and my family are going to be able to make it to. Derek, I don't know. How many t-shirts do I actually have to buy at 10% off that I could make up the savings of saving ten dollars to $15,000 by buying through you guys? And B, most importantly, I didn't even know that I had the option that I could actually pick some of these resorts as my home resort. So again, has it slowed us down at all? No. You know, we actually just had some stats that Nick just shared with the team that, if you can believe this, that just in 2018 alone, we listed uh, 2,162 contracts and we sold 2,136 contracts so far. And that is wow. just in 2018 alone. And we've got a few more months left, so, right. we, so we know we're going to finish strong on that as well. I think Nick said last month was our biggest month in company history. So, yeah, I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. No. Yeah, that's and, and you know, kind of to your point, I, I don't think, and I, I did a lot of research before I bought in, and I don't even think I knew that the resale market existed before I bought in. <laughs> so and and I think when I read that the that the perks were being you know I don't want to say taken away because they weren't really taken away it was just you know going forward they're not going to be like this um, 
I, I think that's when I realized that there was a resale market available out there. So that's a good point. Yeah, it's you know, here's a funny story that I like to share with people. Is I remember when I first looked into Disney Vacation Club, and I remember, and when I worked at Disney for a long, long time, I remember actually looking up notes on myself. Right, like, oh man, I wonder what my vacation guy wrote about me. You know, I'm just kind of curious. So I, I went into my account, <laughs> and I actually found a transcript of a conversation that I had where I reached out to Disney Vacation Club, and the person put notes in there and said, "Derek called. He wanted more info on Disney Vacation Club. He asked us for our website, but of course, we don't have one of those yet." <laughs> so that's how early it was. was like, oh man, we didn't have a website yet. That's crazy. That sounds like our website. <laughs> that sounds like a website for our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> See how I teed that up to you right there. Yeah. Perfect. Our our podcast website exists. It's just you know not exactly up to date with anything. <laughs> so anyway, Trevor, do you want yeah. to ask a question? Yeah. We yeah. Um, so actually, we, we did have a couple of questions from Dan here. There there was a bit of a follow-up, I guess, to that first one is, uh, are customers hesitant about buying resale versus direct because they'll be treated differently by Disney than if they bought direct? Yeah, so. and yeah, and, and I think that that's where the cast, like us, come into play of being able to talk directly with those guests and whether it's on the phone or whether it's on via live chat or whether it's through email is uh, we love to kind of debunk the myths Right, because we hear a lot of myths, and in fact, Nick and I are working on a new blog that we're hopefully going to have coming out soon. That are going to be kind of some of the top five or ten myths about buying DVC resale because we hear a lot of them, a lot, a lot, and some of them are honestly make me want to grab my phone and I text Marissa and I say, "You're not going to believe this one that I just got." <laughs> She's like, "Oh, I heard that one yesterday." Yeah, so it's being able to have those folks talk to us, right? And say, well, what have you heard? Because the worst thing that they could do is just assume that it's true. So once we actually get to know that family, get to know what their concerns were and see if they really are concerns. And honestly, Marissa will back me up nine out of 10 times. It's, that's not true. No, that's not, who, where did you hear that? No, no, that is absolutely not true. So when folks realize and say, listen, at the end of the day, I love to tell people the DVC points that you buy with us, are exactly the same Disney Vacation Club points that you buy direct when used for the Disney Vacation Club resorts. There is zero difference whatsoever. You guys are using the same website. You guys are using the same phone number to book. You guys are using the top of the world lounge, right? You guys are doing everything. Except at the end of the day, you might be hanging out at the pool bar, having a drink with someone who paid $182 to buy their points direct next to someone that maybe bought points for a hundred dollars right and then that person says man you're in the room right next to me and you got your points at like 30 40 percent off well how'd you do that and then that's where you have them reach out to me at derek at dvc resale market <laughs> oh, <laughs> but i think good... too like you're gonna get welcome home wherever you're at whether you're resale members staying on points at bay lake or whether you're sue who bought direct from mm-hmm. disney staying at bay lake tower when you yeah. go to check in that cast member doesn't know where you came from all they're gonna say is welcome home here's your room key and same thing, I mean, I think that's the coolest thing about our team, all yeah. being former Disney cast members, is because we saw it every day. We had people come in and tour with us, or members, who had bought resale, who are maybe looking to add on some direct points, or maybe touring the models. That wouldn't make a difference in how we met with those members. We no. wouldn't say, like, well, you're the secondhand member here. So, it, it is cool coming from that Disney <laughs> side of things, because we can really educate the buyers on that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny, you just mentioned Top of the World, and you know, I think a lot of people probably don't even know that if you're a real resale buyer, you can still access Top of the World. 
So I'm sure that's one you deal with all the time, right? Yeah, but that's probably <laughs> one of the biggest myths out there, yeah. Trevor, were you going to say something? I'm sorry. Well, I was going to actually say that um, we, we actually got another question here from Dan. Dan Dan gave us a lot of questions. <laughs> I think Dan might want to buy some points soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're going to do a separate show just with Dan talking about his membership that he finally bought. And, and we really do appreciate this, Dan. So, so yeah, the, the last question that came from him was, um, is there any rhyme or reason for Disney electing first right of refusal? So, yeah, we find that there's probably, like, the three most common resorts that are bought back from Disney are Saratoga Springs, Animal Kingdom, and Old Key West. Um, Saratoga Springs is the hev- the most heavily bought back resort. And I think because for Disney, it's a good drop product. So when they're talking about buying direct at 182 per point, when they're talking Copper Creek, and let's say somebody doesn't quite have that cash to spend on that resort. For guides working directly with Disney, it's good for them to have an option that they can kind of drop to. And so Saratoga becomes that drop for them. But overall, Saratoga is the most economical to own. It still goes into the year 2054. It has some of the lowest dues. And it's still a very reasonable purchase price. So because of that, in combination, it's very popular purchasing resale. But it's also a very popular buyback for Disney. So, you know, this is that's great information. Can you explain right of first refusal? Because I am that's not a question that we had on here. And I, I know a lot of people that have bought resale know what that means, but that could be a term that a lot of our listeners that have never bought resale don't know what that means. If you could, re- if you could explain that really quick, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. So the right of first refusal is that Disney has the option to purchase back any contract. So let's say somebody was selling their contract and they sold it at X dollars per point and we've got a buyer for them. Once we have that contract, that's where Disney will go ahead and look over and say, hey, do we like that price point? Do we wanna become the buyer in this? So Disney actually has final say, and that's really kind of part of the processing and purchasing a resale contract. So Disney has the 30 day, what they call their right of first refusal, where they're gonna look over that and decide, hey, do we like that pricing? Do we wanna become the buyer? It's kind of a scary thing for some people, but the reality of it is less than 10% Disney buys back. So it is kind of a very small business for Disney overall. Um, But that's too, when it comes to even pricing, a lot of people ask if our prices are negotiable. Yeah, there is some wiggle room in terms of pricing. Usually buyers and sellers will meet. In terms of price per point, they'll have some negotiation. But you never want to go too low either because (laughs) there is that fine line of Disney saying, you got an awesome price. I like that one and I'll buy it back from you. And again, the most popular ones that Disney does kind of gear towards are going to be Saratoga, Animal Kingdom, and Old Key West. And a lot of that, too, is because they are the three largest resorts. So we're going to have the most sellers there. We're going to have the most buyers there. So it's the most opportunity for Disney to buy back. I have a follow-up now. So this this happened to me on the cruise. And I just want to understand maybe (laughs) if you know a little bit more about the background of this. So, you know, we sat through the presentation on the cruise. I was looking for, I want to say, 50 points at Saratoga. So, you know, they make the call back to the mainland, right? No, 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 there's nothing available, but uh, we'll get back to you in a day, right? So is that usually something that, like, that's where Disney's looking to, you know, kind of find that contract on resale to then give back to somebody that's looking through points? Or, like, on the back end, what do you think happens with something like that? So someone's on the cruise, they're asking for points, those points don't exist. Are they scouring the resale market and looking to buy back those points to give to you? Or is that a different process? So it would sound like that's the case. Um, It's actually two different departments that deal with the selling of DVC and the buyback process. 
They're in two different buildings. One's in Celebration, one's at Saratoga Springs. So you'd think that it would be a little bit more communicated, but oftentimes it's really not. Yeah. Really, Disney's looking for bottom line prices. Yeah. Whether a contract is full on points for the next two years or stripped out until the year 2020, Disney, what we've seen in terms of buybacks is they're not focused on a certain use year. I mean, you can go to Disney now and they'll have a wait list. I think when I left there, they told us the wait list for Beach Club was 10 years. Um, but they're not buying back Beach Club. If you look at our Rata First Refusal Report, I think yeah. so far in 2018, they bought back one. But in the meantime, they have a 10-year wait list of members who'd like to buy Beach Club directly from them. So although it sounds quite reasonable to say, yeah, I told my guide I'm looking for this and this you share, it sounds reasonable that Disney would then turn around and go after that. I think because it's two totally separate departments, it, they really don't connect on that. And they also have to spend money to make money, right? So if Disney's looking at this and saying, where do I want to put you know, uh, all of my eggs? Right now, it's, well, I want to sell Copper Creek. I want to sell Alani, first and foremost. Right. Why? So when people say, well, my guide really pushed Alani. My guide really pushed Copper Creek. Well, that's because Disney's getting 100% of that $182 a point. So if they're looking at someone, say, selling a beach club, or let's even say like a Grand California, right? Went through the roof in the last few months, right? For Disney to buy a contract that went under contract, for them to turn around and sell it, they would have to buy it back again, like Marissa said, at that agreed upon price. It's not that Disney can just swoop in and say, I want to buy this one for 10 bucks. I want to buy this one for, for 80. No, Disney's buying it back for $200 per point or whatever that is. So then if Disney can turn around, say, and sell it for 225, Okay, they sold it for two twenty five, but they also had to spend two hundred dollars a point to actually buy that so, contract back. So it's like piddly money for them to be playing around in that sort of back and forth game. Gotcha. There you go. That makes a lot of sense. Or your fifty points. <laughs> <laughs> Damon wants you to find him fifty points at Saratoga. If we don't stay on for the rest of the show, it's because I'm getting that dude fifty points. <laughs> <laughs> Damon, do you want to do a question or you want me to ask another I, one? I don't even have it up in front of me. Sorry. <laughs> it's I'll okay. be honest. With you. I, I told you that in the beginning, though. Okay. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Um, I'm going to skip around here and say I'm going to ask you a question from Jesse. And Jesse's asking, what are the top three resorts that people end up selling and why? And conversely, what are the top three that people want to buy? Yeah. I, I mean, I can kind of touch on that. Marissa kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, volume. Right. So if you're looking at what are the three largest Disney Vacation Club resorts, you know, you're looking at obviously Saratoga Springs, you're looking at uh, Animal Kingdom, you're looking at Old Key West. So when it turns into which are the ones that people are going to sell, we get a lot of Saratoga Springs, right? We get a lot of Animal Kingdom. We get a lot of Old Key West. Uh, Likewise, you know, when it comes to actually purchasing, we're going to sell a lot of Saratoga Springs. We're going to sell a lot of Animal Kingdom. We're going to sell a lot of Old Key West. what we like to stress too to folks, because the big question that we get that kind of goes along those lines of, you know, what are the most popular ones? Again, volume wise, we just covered that. But in terms of probably sought after resorts, that's probably a whole different question because a lot of folks, again, if they're not familiar with how the club works, you know, we'll get uh, a lot of this is, you know, hey, so if I buy Vero Beach points, right, because they're like 60 bucks a point. I can use these points to get into the beach club, right? During food and wine festival. (laughs) And that's, you know, insert, you know, car crash here. And you go, okay, listen. Okay. Let me tell you about this. Yeah, let me tell you about this. I'm glad you reached out. Because that's that's what I really, really love about our role here is we're not just kind of, you know, pushing points for points. 
Could we? Sure. You know, we could say buy points. Buy Vero. Buy Vero Beach, right? We'll sell every point we have at Vero Beach tomorrow. But that's not what we do here because every family's different. And one of the first things that I love to be able to talk to those families about is how they vacation, right? Because sure, you want the beach club, but are you going to, and you got to be honest with me, are you going to book 11 months out, 10 months out, nine months out, eight months out? Because if you're never going to do that, I will give you a tip. Do not buy the beach club. As much as you love it, don't buy it because you're paying more per point, right? You're paying for that privilege of those four months. That's why people pay more for the beach club. That's why people pay more for the smallest resort right there at Walt Disney World, the Grand Floridian. That's why people pay more for the smallest of all of them, the Grand Californian, right? It's, that's why the points are varied. So that's where we like to figure out, A, you know, you've heard it online and people shout it from the rooftops too when folks go on chat groups and say, you know, where should I buy? You know, buy where you want to stay. But I like to tell people, don't just buy where you want to stay. Buy where you want to stay if you're going <laughs> to use it the right way. If you're not going to use it the right way, just like Marissa said, buy Saratoga. Buy Saratoga. A, perfect, because we have a lot of volume of Saratoga. So you'll have plenty of point packages to pick from. And B, again, if you're not going to book more than seven months out, Saratoga is a slam dunk. So it's hey, kind that's of, me. That's yeah. me. I never book more than like... <laughs> Welcome what? home, Damon. <laughs> Damon. Damon is notorious for somehow getting any room he wants like two months out somehow. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. There's the ones that are on Facebook that are like, I got the beach club for food and wine. And people yeah. are like, yeah. no, <laughs> he's lying. And I'm like, and I'm always like, I, you know, everyone always talks about it and I'm like, I don't understand why everyone complains. Like, I have never had a problem getting the room I wanted ever. So you I have to knock on wood, though, because mm-hmm. that, that might be a problem for me going forward. But, I mean, we're Saratoga <laughs> people, and I've stayed there once, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, I, that's just what we do. So for me, it works out perfectly. And I'm getting to the point now where I'm going to say this, but, like, I don't really care where I stay, really. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, again, like, it doesn't really matter to me anymore. We're at that point in our Disneying that, like, we've seen and done everything. So it's a different yeah. vacation than, than people are just getting, you know, just getting started. But you know what? I don't know if we had this question, but, you know, a question kind of popped into my head. You know, what is the top reason that people actually sell? Like, what, what do they tell you when they're selling back? Like, what, what is the big thing? Is it that they didn't use it? Is it money? Like, what, what do you actually, you know what, what would be the top two things, I guess, would be a better question. So I would say one of the top ones is we get a lot of, like, people who joined DVC right when it opened. Mm-hmm. And they've used it. They've loved it. And I think one of the coolest things about owning Disney, and I think like anyone else who's owned a timeshare knows like the fear of tell- selling a timeshare is that I can't give this away even if I wanted to. Because the, the dues or the maintenance fees are so crazy right. compared to what the value of the resort is. The value of Disney is what you buy is, even though the years are decreasing down, the value of Disney just keeps going up and the demand never drops. So I think what's really cool about even the selling side of it is a lot of these members bought in right in the beginning. They've used it for <laughs> 25 years and then they said, okay, great. Our kids are grown. We're not going to Disney as much. We got and those free park tickets for like 10 <laughs> <right>. years. <laughs> Peace out. No, and then they go, you know what? We're going to sell this for the same of what we bought it for, maybe more. And that's the cool thing is they've had the full use of it. They yeah. decided it was a great thing. And it's actually funny. Tell the story about your member who wrote a letter they wrote a letter. They sold their old Key West. They bought it all the way back in 1991. Uh, they put it on the market. It sold really, really quickly. Um, and I told them, and they were so happy. They wrote a letter and said, will you please forward this letter to the folks that are buying 
our membership. Um, and I asked, you know, can I read it? And she's like, oh my God, of course. It was the most, and I'll have to see if I can tr- yeah. try to find it to send to you. It was just the most heartfelt, sweet thing of, of this family that said, you know, sadly, you know, it's just time for us to give up our Disney Vacation Club membership. Uh, but we want the next family that has this to know how magical it has been for us all the amazing memories that we've had over the last 20 years. We just want to make sure that you take care of it. Give it a good home. I mean, it's, 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 it's all the time. We really don't get people that sell. I mean, maybe if it's like someone bought like a year ago, those yeah. are different kind of circumstances. Of course. But honestly, nine out of ten times the stories you get. I mean, I have goosebumps. I, they're, I, they're so right sweet. Now. And they're so sweet and they're so happy and they they love it. And like Marissa said, too, it doesn't hurt that they're, you know, financially doing pretty well for what they bought. And, and that's what we love about folks that buy with us. Because odds are, if you buy with us, right, say you buy Saratoga Springs for us for, you know, around $100 a point. If you need to sell that thing down the road... Odds are you're going to do just fine versus having to spend, say, $185 a point or $200 a point. So, yeah, it's 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 an amazing thing to be able to to see how Disney Vacation Club has just changed so many lives and how so many lives would be so different. And I love it when we transfer it from one and then the next family. And sometimes when people put in bids for di- different listings, we'll even get like a, like in the, the comment section you know please tell this family that uh we've been to disney 947 times and it's always been our dream to own disney vacation club tomorrow's our daughter's birthday so if we could close on that day this is just like buying a house it really really is yeah that's i it's fun and you know just for those that don't know if you go on dvcresellmarket.com they have a wonderful tool that will tell you the value of what you're uh, of what your what your timeshare is worth. So, uh, and I did that recently just to see what Bay Lake was worth for like my contract was worth. And nobody I was wants like, to stay at Bay Lake though, Tom. Come on. I, well, I stayed there. Once. <laughs> it's not Magic Kingdom, but yeah. it's, it's a great tool. And when I did that, I looked at it and I was like, man, I could sell my contract now, and I think I think uh, be down like a thousand dollars from when I bought it, and I got more use out of it than a thousand dollars. So I feel in my mind, I'm coming out ahead. You know, exactly. so yeah, yeah, so. love it. All right, uh, I got another question lined up here for you guys. So I guess so. We talked about selling, but uh, going back to buying, um, we got Mackenzie asking, "What are the finance options for resale using um, DBC Resale Market specifically?" Yeah, so I, we have a couple of great recommendations for financing, and one of the great things is, and Derek and I saw this a lot when we work for Disney directly. A lot of times, you do meet with families who love it they're ready to go we check credit and maybe some bumps down the road and it's not something disney has a very very high standard in terms of their financing so there are a lot of families that get credit denied and are not able to make this purchase so one of the top finance companies that we recommend is monera and i'm sure many of you have heard of them or perhaps used them but they've got a really sophisticated algorithm where they don't actually check credit they base the purchase off the collateral of what you're buying so let's say you're looking at a 200 point saratoga contract and you're looking at it for 105 per point you can actually go to their loan quote type that in and they're going to tell you three options of monthly payments three options of down payments and if you're ready to move forward you just choose which one and you're automatically approved so for a lot of families that's a great route to go and the good news with that is it's almost identical to disney's uh interest rates and all of that so it it really is a fantastic option um another one of our great recommendations is vacation club loans they do check credit but again 
fantastic company to work with and very similar, if not a little bit less than Disney's interest rates. So I have a question. Again, this may be one of those things that's not true. I, I don't know. So that's why I'm going to ask it. But from my understanding, though, is that the when, when you pull a loan for di- direct uh, from Disney, though, it does not show up on your credit report? Or is that just one of those, you know, things that we just think is true that's not? Because that that is something I kind of remember, but I could be wrong. Um, sounds kind of magical. but Yeah, sounds kind of magical. And, and it's funny because I don't remember it showing up on my current credit report either. That's why I was just curious, but maybe I missed it. When you do finance with Disney, it's a hard pull when they check your credit. Mm-hmm. And so it will show up that there's an inquiry, but yep. their loan, because Disney's not a financial, Disney is their own financial institution, and they don't send that loan out to anyone else. Okay. So it's done internally. So Disney's the bank. So because of that, they're not reporting it. Okay. If they had to foreclose on you, they would just shut your membership down. Um, gotcha. So that's why Monera's system works the way it does as well. Same thing, because they're not doing a credit check, obviously there's no pull there. But also it's not showing as a credit um, on your credit report just because it's something where let's say you were to foreclose Monera is just going to take that contract out from you so it's not something where you're having to then have it be in your credit bankruptcy anything like that oh, so it's the same thing then going that route it is yeah mm-hmm. and see and that's funny because that's something I didn't know and it's, as we talked on some earlier shows I was kind of chit-chatting because I'm in the process of moving and buying another house and I was like oh you know I can't really do anything right now because I don't really want to show up in my credit report because the mortgage people said, you know what, you can't get anything new on your credit report and and all that good stuff. So, you know, a a query on it is different than obviously, you know, having something show up. So that's something that I didn't even know, which would change my personal opinion, you know, on resale myself, you know, just from this conversation. Mm -hmm. That's good to know. Thank you. Absolutely. Let's see what else we got here for you. (laughs) <laughs> no, so Kathy asks, why are the closing costs with resales so much more expensive than direct? I and I is that first of all, let's let's address that. Is that a myth that they are more expensive? And number two, if they if they are more expensive, why are they more expensive? So it's kind of twofold with this. Um, <laughs> it's not a myth. If you shop around in terms of like resale and DVC, there are a lot of companies out there do have some quite high closing costs and a lot of them also charge admin fees the good news with us is it's kind of a myth with our company um and the cool thing is derek and i we recently came over i came over from disney just about a year ago and so did derek yeah yeah so we know the closing costs and we have a really good comparison of that and our closing costs with the dvc resale market are within maybe a hundred dollars of the closing cost direct so that's the great thing. There is hardly any difference buying resale from DVC resale market versus buying direct. Again, there's other companies out there that do charge admin fees or higher closing costs. And a lot of people will ask that question to us Why? too. Right. And since we're the number one resale company on the market, like Derek said, we've sold over 2,000 contracts so far this year. We can really leverage that. So there's multiple title companies out there. And we've really used the amount we've sold to leverage that. And really handpick just a few companies that we work with. And because of that, we can get those costs down to match or come very close to what Disney has for closing costs. That's good to know. I, I, I was curious about that because I, 
I do like when you look at your listings, it shows the different, you know, kind of, it gives you an estimate of what the final closing costs are going to be with the purchase price and everything. So is, is it bad that I'm looking at listings right now? <laughs> <laughs> when you choose your agent in the drop down box, it's Marissa. D-E-R-E-K. <laughs> I, I, I want to, I want to follow up with you guys later and find out how many of our listeners went to Marissa and how many went to Derek. <laughs> oh, man. Everyone will pick Derek no, no, first until no they way. get to know me. Uh-uh. <laughs> and then they'll see I'm a sweetheart too. <laughs> we can both work with you. We are the social media team here at the DVC Resubber. So if you make that offer and you just simply cannot pick an agent, just put in that comment section, right? Say Derek and Marissa were so charming. I can't decide which one I want. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still on the fence. And then they'll just wind up picking Nick. So that's fine. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> Um, okay, we got. I got another question here for you guys. So, um, for the process of buying resale, uh, how long does the process take from start to finish? Um, Catherine's asking because she says she already has a direct and and it was very quick, so she's hesitant about doing the resale. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's that's a big question we get to is you know, well, how long does it take? Because you know, whether I buy direct, and that's again one of the benefits of buying direct is you're literally a member within minutes, right? I mean, you can have a member card printed, you can make a reservation. With us, it does take a little bit longer, but at the end of the day, when folks realize and say, well, how much is my time worth, right? And if you're looking at a closing process, for example, and we have a great graph that we'll make sure to give to you guys along with some links for a lot of the topics that we've discussed here. So if you guys can can get those out to your great listeners, they'll really kind of bring a lot of this to life. But uh, so folks will look and say, okay, so the resale market, I heard it's about approximately, I like to say, and Marissa does too, 60 to 80 days from start to finish. Can it be less than that? Sure. So at the end of the day, when folks look and say, well, wait a second, I could buy a membership and I could save like 10, 15, maybe even $20,000. You know what? I think I'm good with waiting like 60 to 70 days to uh, you know be able to do that. Because again, a lot of the process kind of comes down to, of course, working directly with Disney Vacation Club itself, like Marissa talked about, right? There's that right of first refusal process. So that can gobble up sometimes that first 30 days. And then you've got Disney's got to issue the estoppel certificate. That can be about 14 to 21 days. And then the title closes. So we've got some time after that. And then once it's recorded and closed, which is always the best part of our job is when we get to tell people and say, congratulations, your contract's closed. And then they say, great, can I make a reservation today? And I say, no, I got to wait about two more weeks and then we'll get to the information. So then Disney, once it closes, then they're mailed all the information that they can go online and book. We've had people close within, you know, 50 days. Again, it's just a wild card because sometimes if it's that right of first refusal, man, wow, it's done in five days. Other times it's painfully waiting for folks. I know it is. And it's day 29 and day 30. So again, at the end of the day, we, we like to say 60 to 80 days from start to finish. So that right of first refusal process is the part that takes the longest. So that's, that's the... Yes, that okay. and then Disney does the estoppel right after that. So you're talking the first 40 to 50 days right there. <laughs> so it's a lot of, I like to tell folks, hurry up and wait. Yep. Hurry up and wait. Yep. Get those contracts back to us. We need them within seven days. All right, now sit tight for 30 days and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully with good news. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's the best news when you can come back and say that Disney didn't uh, exercise their you know right of first refusal. It is it is such a great feeling, and it's funny because we have such an amazing contract and administration team um, that they actually are the ones that get to share the good news of when the contract passes, right? Uh, we're notified, uh, usually from Nick, where he says, the following contracts 
were purchased back from Disney, and we're the ones that have to make that the phone Grim call. Reaper. We're the Grim Reaper. So I always like to tell folks, once it goes into Rofer, which is short for right of first refusal, once it goes into Rofer, you want to hear from Christina or Janan, right? Because they're going to have the good news. If during that 30-day process, all of a sudden you get an email from me and I say, hey, you know what? Can we talk about your contract real quick? You don't want to hear from me during those 30 <laughs> days because I'm going to be the one to say, sad news, they bought it back. However, the good news is, and that's another question too that folks yeah. have is, well, what happens? Do I lose all my money? What happened? No, it is so seamless because of the great partnerships that we have that most folks simply say, you know what? Give me a day or two. Let me go back in. Let me find another listing and let me basically try it again. You know, we don't ask for any additional money. We just transfer over the existing escrow that we already have on file. Seamless. We try it again and hopefully that second time's the charm. So so what is that escrow usually? Usually it's about 10%. Okay. 10% maximum is 2000 So yeah. it, no contract would hold more than 2000 as an escrow deposit. Gotcha. Okay, thank you. I think we should probably do one more question here uh, and then and then uh, move on. I to think our... we're going to have to have them back. No, we're yeah. definitely going to have to have them back for <laughs> yeah. sure and, and come up with some even crazier questions. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, Mike wrote a really long question here. Um, and I don't know if I want to read the whole thing, but <laughs> I think the most interesting. No, don't do Mike dirty like that. Read the uh, whole thing. All right, we got time. All right. all right. Do you want to read it, Damon? I don't have it up in front of me, Tom. How many times is Tom going to ask me the same question? I just assumed that you would pull it up. Um, as of late, this is from Mike. As of late, it seems the mo- that most resale contracts with great pricing either have an exorbitant amount of points, get taken by Disney uh, via right of first refusal, or basically gutted of points for the first two years. With this in mind, along with the lack of benefits, discounts, future perks that buying resale carries, are are you actually saving as much buying resale a- as advertised? Uh, seems like by the time you find a reasonably, reasonably sized contract that Disney doesn't want and is loaded with points for the first two years, the, that price isn't that much lower. And for those uh, with the first two use years gutted, you basically have erased your savings right there. Additionally, and this is a second question, if Disney wanted to offer extensions to the 2042 resorts at some point, regardless of the likeliness of this happening, could they choose to offer that extension to direct buyers only, leaving resale purchasers no option to extend? I know, Damon, that was a question you had, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I again, I was curious about that. I mean, I look at, what is Saratoga end year again? 44. 54. 54? Yeah. So, I mean, 2054. I'm going to be old. I mean, I guess someone's going to be pushing me in a wheelchair at that point. So, I, I don't know how much I'm going to need to buy after that. But, yeah, <laughs> I was curious. Yeah, so... What do you guys think about that one? Yeah, um, Mike. Wow. It's a lot, I know. <laughs> Here we go. Um, That's the question. <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing with Mike's question, um, and I think there's a misconception on right of first refusal. A lot of people think, like, if I got a great deal on a contract and it's loaded on points for the next two years, that's the one Disney's going for. Mm-hmm. And again, Disney's looking at bottom line. They're really not looking for available points. So. Sorry, Damon, if you're on a wait list, but um, no. So their major goal is not to go after, like, say, loaded contracts. They're just saying, this is my bottom line. This is what I'm looking for on price per point. And that's what we're finding them buying. And to be honest, when we look at our reports over 2018, a lot of those contracts are stripped contracts. Yeah. So, but just to kind of do numbers on, like, a comparison of direct versus resale, if you take one of the probably the most popular buybacks, or sorry, one of the most popular resale purchases is Animal Kingdom. 
Now, Animal Kingdom is also one of the top buybacks for Disney. So if we look at kind of comparisons, Disney right now is at 171 per point for Animal Kingdom. So if you take that and say the average resale contract for Animal Kingdom sells around 107. So in comparison, and let's say an average contract size is about 200 points. So if you say, okay, 171 per point and the average on the resale side is 107, that's about a $64 per point gap. So if you take an average contract of about 200 points, you're talking almost a $13,000 gap. So when you take away the fact that Disney really isn't looking for loaded contracts and you take in consideration that financial gap, I mean, Mm $13,000, that's a big deal. And if you look at the perks that you're getting, again, if you're not able to go to all the member events or even probably the biggest perk in terms of like financial savings would be the annual pass discount. You're talking about $100 savings. So family of four, $400. Once you get the annual pass, you're already going to have the discounts off shopping and dining. So that kind of negates the rest. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you're saying $400 a year, it's still going to take you quite a bit of time to ever hit that difference. And Derek, you kind of alluded to this earlier. It's the time value of money too. So if you're saving $13,000 a day, long term, that's a big thing over those years. So is it worth it just to get $400 for a family of four off annual passes. Off a current right. annual pass right. promotion. I want to stress, I was one of those that, man, I loved my free valet parking when I purchased my Disney Vacation Club membership. <laughs> Don't have the valet parking anymore. <laughs> we do get free parking, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And that's another myth. Resale members, yes, they you do. still get free parking. <laughs> you oh, still get right. fast passes. You still get to, to do the Magical <laughs> Express. You still get to do the early entry. And you still get to do the late nights. You, you can do add on the dining plan. Add on the dining plan, everything else. So, yes, absolutely. So, so what are your thoughts on the second part of that question about, uh, you know, extensions? And, and so, will it be any different? I mean, I know that's just a guess from you guys, but just more of your thoughts. It's hard to say if Disney's going to do it. There's so many rumors. And even when we were working there, there was a time where we thought, okay, this is for sure. They're going to do a boardwalk extension. And then that rumor kind of died. So there's a lot of rumors out there. It's hard to say what exactly Disney will do with that. But just to give you some reference again, Disney's in this as a profit-making company. So if you say, hey, we're going to extend boardwalk and we're going to extend that until the year 2060. And we're going to charge everyone $30 per point to do that. I really can't imagine Disney saying, okay, we're going to take your $30 per point and your $30 per point, but you want to pay us 30 per point, we're not going to let you. Uh, Even with (laughs) Old Key West right now, if you bought resale Old Key West that expired in 2042, you can actually still take that to Disney and do that extension. That's interesting. Interesting. Tom, I have one more question for them. Just again, I think this is probably something just because I'm sitting here looking at the website and the numbers and things like that. So, you know, for me, interestingly enough, if I was to buy my 50 points at Saratoga, I, I don't, I want it, I want a strip contract because I don't care about the next two years because my daughter is actually young enough where we still just throw her on a cot or in a closet or whatever the case may be. <laughs> literally in a picture, closet. Literally I have pictures of her closet. in the closet, literally in the closet <laughs> at Boardwalk whatever because works. the closet at Boardwalk is kind of big. Um, <laughs> you know, so for me, I actually would, would like a strip contract. I'm looking at like 2020 is the next time where I actually need the point. So I'm looking at two contracts right in front of me right now from the website, you know, a 0 right? And a 0 for the use years for 18, 19, and 20. So I see that they're both approximately, you know, the, the same price, you know, the price per point is 112 and then 102. So, you know, 
What's the true benefit across the board for people that are looking at contracts that, you know, the first two years aren't there, right, point-wise? You know, they said the 0, 14, 161, listen, I don't need that many points, but for me, that's an interesting contract over a 0, 150, 150, because going forward, I'm getting 160 from, you know, 2020 on until, you know, 54. Um, so, So help us understand how that, you know, Cost per point is calculated, obviously, on a contract like that where they're stripped a little bit, right? And, you know, what you see, how you would approach somebody like myself that says, you know what, my daughter's young enough. She's, you know, the youngest of the three. So I don't necessarily need them right now. So, and that's the biggest thing. And again, like Derek said, one of the cool things about our team is that we are all former cast members. So we really can get that insight from people. And our concern is how do you vacation? How do you plan on using this? And one of the first questions I ask people when they're looking to either add on points or purchase new points is, are you planning on vacationing in the next year? If so, we need to look for a contract that's going to have points for you to use. Are you, did you already do your vacation? Or maybe you already booked your 2019 vacation. Then let's look for something stripped. Because if you look at the pricing, and actually if you go into our value estimator on our site and you type in, let's say a Saratoga that has 150 in 2019 and 150 in 2020, it's going to be worth in terms of our value estimator, $5 more per point, give or take. So that's kind of how the pricing structure works and what you're going to see on our site. Ultimately, it is the seller's property and they're Mm -hmm. selling it. So they're going to have final say in what they're listing it for or if they're reducing the price to getting more aggressive. So every now and then you can find a reduced listing where they have gotten aggressive and it is a lower pricing. But that's typically the gap you're going to find if something has available points. Another thing, too, for families who aren't planning to go, and a lot of people, this is another question we get, is people go, okay, I'm looking at this contract. It has no points until the year 2020, but man, I'm going to be stuck paying those dues for those years. If you actually click on our listings, you can see in the notes, if points are used in 2019, obviously dues haven't come out yet. The seller will be crediting back the buyer based on today's dues pricing, but that's a nice credit. So you're saying, hey, not only am I able to buy it, secure on today's prices, because who knows what the resale prices are going to be two or three years ago, especially with Disney doing such dramatic increases, but also you're getting those dues covered right up front too. So that initial purchase price goes way down. Gotcha. Now that makes sense. All right, so I just have to wait for you guys to find me, you know, a 0050. When you got one of those, let me know. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for, 0050. We're looking for it. <laughs> well, on, I was going to say on the, on the flip side of that, I'm like the opposite of Damon, I guess, that I'm, I'm the guy who's planning like 11 months out, and I also want Polly. So I'll probably be coming and talking to you guys about, uh, about a Polly uh, contract at some point in the future here too. <laughs> Get a stick with your home resort. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love my Polly. Got a planner here. Got a planner. Just remember to put Derek down in that comment section. And also, too, for, for everybody out there, and such a, thank you for all these great, great questions, Marissa yeah, and I could just keep, keep doing this forever and ever and ever. Reach out to us on our Facebook group, right? We have a really fantastic Facebook page. A, first and foremost, our website. I don't want to scream it from the rooftops, but it's an amazing website. Our website, if you have not been, dvcresalemarket.com, take a look at it. It's got uh, FAQs on buying, FAQs on selling, and the listings. It's super easy to navigate through. It's, we've got tutorial videos on there as well. Um, but we have a Facebook page. Like we said, Marissa and I are the social media team here for the DVC resale market. So check out our Facebook page, which Marissa, what's the best way for them to find that? 
So you can just type in the DVC Resale Market group, or you can find it through our page on Facebook, which is just yeah. DVC Resale Market. And you could email us questions, shoot us questions through that inbox, or of course, email us individually if or you post. choose as well. We like to have some debates on our page too, so it's <laughs> yes. always fun. We have members on there too, so we'll get involved as well as the members. We love the feedback and the questions. We have a very passionate, passionate group of folks out there, and we love it. <laughs> we, we love being a part of it. We definitely love understand. And I, you guys have a great app too, actually, where you can put in yeah. what you're looking for, and it keeps like a little search out there for whatever contracts you're looking for with UCR and all that type of stuff. I just downloaded that recently too. So, and and also too, if I could <laughs> add one more thing too, is a lot of folks sometimes have a lot of questions. But maybe they don't want to pick up the phone. Or maybe they're at work and they can't pick up the phone, right? Because they're looking at Disney Vacation Club while they're at work. You can go on our website and there's a chat feature that's down in the lower right where it just says chat with us. Every business day during our hours. And again, we're open 9 to 9, Monday through Friday, and 9 to 6 on Saturday and Sunday. You can chat with one of us via the live chat feature. Uh, I was even looking back at some of these stats, Marissa, and I think you and I since February, I think, have done close to maybe three to four thousand different chats <laughs> with people and I'm not I'm not joking like three to four thousand and we love it yeah. so it's it's great. a great opportunity for folks to just get all of their questions if they're not able to physically pick up the phone and actually talk to us so there's no excuse for anyone out there not getting your questions answered when it comes to us <laughs> well we really appreciate your all's time today uh, it's it's been great and uh, you guys are f- feel free to hang around for the rest of the show if you'd like for the rest of our nonsense that we'll be doing for the rest of the show. The non-informative <laughs> stuff that we're going to do um, <laughs> where we just give our ridiculous opinions. Um, but we really appreciated you guys being on. Great, great answers great uh, to our questions. And, and I'm sure our listeners will very much appreciate it too. So, Yeah, thanks for having us. And thanks for great questions. Again, like Derek said, it's so fun for us to kind of get those questions asked and it's fun for us to be able to answer them together. Great. Thank you for having us. We loved it. Great. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, with with that being said, bye. See you guys. Uh, with that being said, we'll do our first ad as well for for DVC Resale Markets. They are our new sponsor, um, and so we so appreciate them ha- being on today. But um, you know, DVC Resale Market is the leader in the DVC resale industry uh, with eleven former DVC uh, guides and two former DVC quality assurance managers. So if you're thinking about buying DVC, uh, browse the huge selection of DVC resale listings uh, anywhere with uh, DVC. I mean, they have more DVC listings than anybody else out there. As they mentioned before, they're, they're the number one company out there. So, uh, you know, they have DVC experts on hand seven days a week to answer your questions. You just heard from Mar- Marissa and Derek, and they are obviously very knowledgeable about all of these things. So, uh, you know, you can reach them anytime by uh, reaching out to DVC Resale Market. If you're thinking of selling... Uh, turn to the pro- friendly professionals at DVC Resale Market, where over 98% of their listings sell within 30 days, and over 2,400 contracts were sold in 2017 alone. They sold 2,400 contracts last year. That's crazy. And they're already at 2,100 for this year, as they mentioned before. So you can find them on DVCResaleMarket.com. You can also call them at 844 DVC Pros, which is 382-7767. And, you know, when you give them a call, when you reach out to them, let them know that Welcome Home sent you. You know, we have a lot of great supporters on this show. And, uh, you know, let them know that uh, you you heard about them from us. Uh, that'll, you know, uh, let them know that uh, their work on our show is... They might uh, be nicer to you. We don't know. They, I think they will be, personally. I think they might be. <laughs> but again, that's dvcresellmarket.com, 1-844-DVC-PROS to reach them. So thanks so much. We really appreciate DVC Resale Market sponsoring the show and for coming out and telling us a little bit about uh, answering questions. Great. So... 
Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Lot um, of fun. But let's. Uh, how about talk we about change other stuff, gears? Right? <laughs> yeah, we we got a lot. Of, we got some other stuff to talk about here. Um, the, this first one that we have. Um, so I, I guess uh, I, I don't know how many of you have been to Artist Point. I actually, honestly, I you have. Yeah. Okay. So so I, I guess there, artists... I there on my honeymoon actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I this was like not on my radar until I saw this. That uh, I guess they're turning into character dining, and. I didn't even know that this was a thing. Like I, I knew about Whispering Canyon in Wilderness Lodge, but I didn't know about Artist Point at all. And I, I don't know why it never hit my radar, but I guess, yeah, it used to be, you know, a, a nicer dining or I shouldn't say nicer, but a, like a, just, you know, like a standard it's dining fancy. experience. A yeah. signature dining experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're adding Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in there. So you get the characters, right? So, um, yeah, so, so the menu is changing though. Yes. So that's the only downside to this. I mean, that I would say. I mean, that's the only downside. But I, I, I'm a big fan of getting to meet, you know, Snow White. I, I wish they, that they would have kind of keyed into all seven dwarfs, but eh, okay. Maybe Which, there'll be special events for that. That'd be cool. It'd be cool if they switched them out, though, too. Although I could see people getting upset and being like, well, I wanted to meet Grumpy this time and Sleepy was there. You know, like, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I, I understand. I guess Dopey and Grumpy, honestly, at the end of the day, are probably the, the two, two most, most popular. popular. Yeah. yeah. But I like Sleepy. I, I can understand that. I mean, or like we said, you could wait online for three hours at the, the Halloween party and then you'd be all set. <laughs> and right? then just completely waste your time and not take it. Kind of like I did once, which I'll never do again. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> no, so I, I understand that. For me, for this, I, I, I Artist Point was a, is a great restaurant. And yeah. I, honestly, I, I I think it's one of the more romantic, you know, take your significant other on a date type of restaurants at Disney. I, I it's mm-hmm. one of the best, I think, because it's quiet. It's I guess a, so. I, I don't look at Disney like that at all. There, I know. I understand. To me, there's nothing romantic about Disney. It's fun, <laughs> but okay. I mean, I, I think there's there's opportunities for that, depending on where you go. Like, we went to be our guests for dinner on our honeymoon, and it was so loud in there that it was like, this is the least romantic thing we possibly could have done. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't put, like, on one hand, I don't have Disney, and on the other hand, I have romantic. I just don't have that. That's fair. You know, but that's just me. I'll tell you, you know what the big thing is for me as a person that doesn't eat seafood or beef? Dude, it's it's pork crazy there, right? Like there, there's pork, and then there's yeah. pork, and then there's pork, right? Like when you get rid of like pork, like that's a problem for me because sure. I like that as an option, and it was really good stuff there. So that's the only downside I see. But I, I like I said, I I like Snow White, Dopey, and Grumpy, so I'm cool with it, even if it's just one less place, you know. But here's the thing with Disney Springs now, that kind of all goes out the window too. Because you have Disney Springs, we have all these other opportunities for fine dining. Yeah. So keep the characters at the places. I'm cool with that. Like I'm, I'm good with that. And, and yeah, I guess to be fair, Wilderness Lodge is also like that's pretty close to Magic Kingdom, and like I think every other resort near Magic Kingdom has character dining, right? Yeah, that's yeah, actually a do. good point. Yeah, because yeah. Ohana has character dining, Chef Mickey's. Um, no. Chef Mickey. Uh, 1900 Park Fair. <laughs> were, were you not liking Chef? What was the Chef oh, Mickey? Oh, Chef Mickey was probably the worst experience <laughs> food-wise I've ever had at Disney. But but it's a character 
meal. <laughs> it is. We, we've yeah. been we've been down this road before. We have the food is absolutely yeah. atrocious. Like there's there's just no other way to say it. Like it's just <laughs> bad, right? Like it's just bad. No, it's just bad. <laughs> I think you if you're gonna do Chef Mickey, I feel like you do breakfast because you can't go wrong with a breakfast buffet. And it's yeah, cheaper. but then you're paying like you're still paying a ton of money. And, and I'll give yeah, you that right. if I had if I yeah. if someone was forcing me to go to Chef Mickey again, like I was being forced, or it was free, right? <laughs> Either one. Yeah, I would have to do breakfast because otherwise it is just no bueno. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> no bueno. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I get the feeling just all the times I saw Artist Point and the fact that it wasn't even on your radar, Trevor, that says to me that Disney was like, okay, this restaurant is underperforming. Maybe. Oh, I think it was. I would agree yeah. with that. Because I, I don't think I ever saw it full. It's not one of those restaurants but, that was like a tough reservation to get. But you know what the other thing is too? To, to see the dwarves in Snow White, right? It's tough. Like, that's tough. So I think that this was just a good way to bring those characters somewhere. Again, pay to play, right? Okay, some people are going to pay to play, and I'm okay with that. You know my feelings on that. I'm always all right with that. So Mm -hmm. this is a good pay to play, you know, Snow White, Dopey, and Grumpy. Yeah, I agree. The problem is the next thing we're talking about is so much more interesting that, like, (laughs) I can't see past it. So I think we just need to wrap that one up and start talking about Star Wars. Let's do it. Let's talk about Star Wars. Go ahead. Trevor, you want to read that one? Uh... Let, well, no, the, Damon wants in on this one. I don't so. know how to pronounce what, what we're I don't about. either. I, I, Ogas? So, Ogas, I think. Ogas, yeah. Ogas yeah. Cantina? Ogas. Sure. Ogas. All right. So we, we have some more information about Ogas Cantina. So that's what the restaurant's going to be called. And I, I guess pretty much what we're talking about is that, you know, it's going to be some sort of local-ish Star wars place that, you know, you may see friend or foe. I guess that's going to mean, like, we're going to see some... Some kind of craziness like you would see at a cantina like we saw in the movies, right? Yeah. It's going to be something along mm-hmm. those lines. You know, I like that. I'm, I'm wondering how that all works, right? In terms of I always look at it like I want to if I'm eating and I'm paying money, like I need to have good food. And, and what they're talking about is having some different, you know, I'm reading it, you know, some different vessels like, yeah, that's cool. But to me, like the food still got to be good. And that's why sure. the the place that's over in Animal Kingdom Oh, the again? Canteen? Yeah, like the food there is just is off the chain. So like I I'm good with that and the atmosphere is is okay, but just let's make sure that we keep the atmosphere at a high level as well as the food. So uh, it seems like there's going to be some interesting stuff to eat which I like that, but just don't let it be just about kind of the the presentation, but let's let it be about the food too. So that's what I'm hoping here. I don't know what you guys think though. No, I agree. Uh I I I wonder how they're going to pull this off is my question with all of this, right? Because obviously they're going to have a lot of people in character wandering around this restaurant, right? But well, says who? But says who though? Why, why do you think that? Based on just kind of the description that they put out there that, you know, you run into friend or foe. Like, so obviously there's going to be stormtroopers wandering around, right? I mean, and then I'm assuming, I don't know. See, I, that's all I see. So for me, like, cause because they mentioned stormtroopers, you know, actually in the article but again this is still not even locked down at this point i I don't think we're gonna see like you know 10 different i don't think it's gonna be a character place i think you might see a stormtrooper come in and out like on some sort of set schedule and then somebody from you know the rebels come in and out on some sort of set schedule but but i think it's gonna be more about the atmosphere so there's this place over in universal myth i think is that what's called myth i don't know it won it usually wins the awards for best food but like it's got a pretty cool atmosphere it's over by the um, Poseidon place, um, that little Poseidon show that they have over in Universal. And like, if it's something along those lines, I'm actually going to be pretty intrigued by it because it's good food 
as well as having some sort of atmosphere. And that, that's what I'm kind of hoping for, to be honest with you. Yeah, for some reason, I just keep I keep thinking about um, in episode seven when they went to um, what was the the lady's name? Oh yeah, the, with the goggles. Um, yeah, dude, we're horrible Disney. People. Yeah, we're so bad. It's I, I, I'm sorry, I'm terrible at the new movies. I I cannot I cannot keep the characters straight. <laughs> um, but yeah, for some reason, I keep thinking it's going to be like that. But also. Um, yeah, I know they've said stormtroopers and everything, but they've also Maz got Maz Kanata. Yeah, Maz Kanata. Yep. Yeah, I just looked okay. it up too. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I'm sure someone's going to give us a hard time about how we pronounce that too. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so, so yeah, I, I was thinking Olga was going to be like like Maz, but yeah, I I also know that you know with the new movies coming out, we're, they're supposed to go to Batu in the new movies, and there'll probably be some new characters that get revealed in the movies. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're just saying stormtroopers for now. And then it'll be, Oh, here's, you know, here's the tie in with the new characters that we couldn't tell you about because, you know, they don't want to spoil the movie. I I don't, I don't know if I see that. I mean, again, it could be, but what I see is more of a heavy theme, just a straight up theme. You, You know what I mean? Like where the actual place itself is what's cool about it. Not that we're going to see people, Again, I, I don't know. Like, I, I look at it more like the Pandora sort of place. Like, I, I kind of see it like that more than anything. Well, but that's I, but in this concept art they're showing, though, I mean, there's several people in character there. I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're concept least, art is concept art. It is. You're that's totally true. <laughs> so, um, nice, but, I mean, know. if you look at the concept art, it looks like a flipping movie. Like, does, I, yeah. I don't think we're going to see a, <laughs> it. I don't think you're going to feel like you're part of the movie. I'm sorry to say. Like, it'll be her, cool. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, you're not going to be like, you know, trading you know blasters under the table or anything like that that's but true that's cool i do think <laughs> i do think the coolest part about this is that the dj is going to be rx24 who those of you that went on star tours a long time ago was the guy that was was piloting your star tours vehicle <laughs> so that's pretty cool that they're repurposing him I, I do have to wonder if they're going to pull him out of star tours because you do actually see him in the queue know. For yep. Star Tours, so see, and I, and I think that's what maybe we'll see. You know, when we go that friend or foe, is that we're going to see that sort of stuff where, like, yes, on the wall or in the corner, like, there's going to be a robot or something along those lines. Not that they're going to have actual characters, like people walking around. I just don't see that, but I could see like that Star Tours, you know, C three PO sort of thing going on. R two D. I could see that. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I just wonder how it's any different from like a character meal at that point, though. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying because I don't, is, I don't right? think they're going to have those people walking around. I think it's just going to be you know the the robot stuck in specific places to make you feel like you're there, and that's how that's going to get away from being a character thing, right? It's not yeah. going to be a character thing. But then, you know, they have to be careful about. You know, everyone is going to want to take a picture with them. It's going to be like, exactly. wow, yeah. how do we? It, it, I'm sure Disney's going to have it worked out. That's but for sure. Yeah, or or like gonna... the Harry Potter stores where there's a limit, right? That's another thing you have That's to remember that Universal yep. does, right? At the, the wand places, there's a limit of people that come yep. in and out the door. It's very possible that that happens as well. No, and that's when I said, how are they going to pull this off? I think that's what I mean more than anything, because they're really going to have to limit how many people go into this place. If it was just completely crowded and that you, like, you couldn't <laughs> even walk in there, it would completely ruin the whole experience, I feel like. You know, and and people are going to be walking up to stormtroopers asking for their autograph. You know, like it's 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 going to wow. feel weird. I'm Although- going gonna, gonna to catch some real hate on this, but I, I almost think that, dude, give me an upcharge for Star Wars Land. 
I mean, that was, there was wow. an April Fool's joke that came out last year about that, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's I'm, some packages out there for it. Well, well, I think that's what the hotel is going to yeah, be. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's yeah, going to be the hotel, the hotel, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> there, there's your answer. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's the upcharge. Right and, I'm, and, I, and I'm okay with that. I'm good on that. So. <laughs> yeah. Get me to that hotel. All right. Well, anything else we want to talk about this? No. Not yet. Well, uh, the one thing yeah, you're not going to find. We'll definitely talk about it a bunch of times. Yeah, I know, right? The one thing you're not going to find in this new restaurant are straws or lids. <laughs> On your cups. <laughs> I'm so annoyed that we're talking about this even. I, well, I'm not annoyed. I mean, no, listen. It's, it's good. I mean. It is what it oh, is. Oh, no. It's a great thing. I just, it's been, I feel like it's this, uh, this is a topic that's being beat to death in the Disney groups and the Disney media in general. You know? But here's the thing. They're still available by request, so why is it yeah. even a problem? It's not. Mm. Uh, but you, t- you tell me they're not available by request. You tell me that you can't get one no matter what. Yeah, I, I'll have a discussion about it. But there's yeah. no discussion because if you want one, ask. If you don't, don't. Boom. Done. Well, and, you know, people are already saying, you know, you can go buy reusable straws on Amazon, which, I mean, that's fine. Or, but like, why do I need to if I can ask? I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. But people are taking it to the next level. And, you know, you can smuggle them in with your selfie sticks, I guess, if they become contraband. I love that it's contraband. Yeah, it's, there was that meme going around too, where it was like, uh, you know, it looked like two drug dealers like handing stuff. But it's just plastic straws too. I mean, but that's the thing; it's just plastic straws. But I mean, Animal Kingdom doesn't have plastic straws anyway. Yeah, they had paper straws. And what's but, the problem with that? They're fine. Yeah. But I, I think it's that they're just going to stop handing out straws altogether, so you won't even get the paper straws, right? So, so here's the question: When I ask for a straw, do I get a paper straw or a plastic straw? That I would hope a question. paper one. Yeah, yeah. I I don't mind those paper straws personally. No, I know after a while too. they start to get soggy, but they're not. They work. So you're wa- if, you're, if you're wasting your time sitting around drinking a drink, then move on. Right? Then that, you, that's, that's kind of that's a point, perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect. It's perfect way for you to be like, oh, my straw's a little soggy. I've been sitting here too long. All right, maybe it's time <laughs> for me to go. I I saw a statistic that Disney World by itself was using 175 million straws a year, which. I, I'm all for these kind of environmental things that they're doing. That's a lot of stuff, plastic that they're putting in the world. So mm-hmm. I, I think this is a great thing. I, I, I think it's great that they're taking these things away. I mean, my local park, you know, outside of Charlotte here where I live is Carowinds. And last time I went to Carowinds, they didn't even give me a straw and a lid. And they told me it was for cost cutting, which it might be. Some of that might be for Disney, too. But um, I do believe that Disney does things not just for money, but also for the environment too. I mean, they're putting solar arrays in, they do a lot of recycling things. And, um, but you know, it, this is not all that uncommon anymore. This is something that's becoming a lot more common. People are moving towards these types of things and companies are moving towards these types of things to be a little more environmentally responsible. So I don't think it's a terrible thing. I, especially like you said, cause you can still get the straws and apparently Disney's also selling a straw kit too. That's I think like metal straws or something like that too. <laughs> I can't do metal and drinks. It's not. For yeah, me. I think it was metal. I, it could be. Pla- I could just be a reusable plastic. I, don't, I thought I saw somebody said metal, but yeah, I, I have fillings, so that's that's no bueno for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. So, I think that's as much time as we should spend on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, so we, we're gonna have, we have one more thing to talk about because not only did we already spend a lot of time, but we start hinting that we have something special for you know. The week in between. So, I mean, do we want to just announce it? I mean, <laughs> no. I think we just have to leave it out there for right okay. now. Yeah, we'll just okay. leave that. That that's the, that's the hint. All Ooh, right, mysterious. Well, yeah, I like it. It is mysterious. Yep. So, <laughs> I'll just tell. I'll just tell all the listeners. Keep an eye out. You know, we release every other Monday. 
Um, so if you're listening to this today, we're going to have, uh, a, you know, keep an eye out for our podcast page, uh, the next Monday. I'll say that. So the in-between week. So anyway, Mm -hmm. rumor, we got one rumor here. Yeah. Who wants spaceship earth? Yeah. You want to do this one, Trevor? Yeah. Uh, so spaceship earth is undergoing an overhaul. Uh, if the rumors are true, the ride inside spaceship earth will see a refreshing of all scenes leading up to the industrial revolution portion, uh, where the newspapers are being printed by the young boy. Uh, and changes on a grand scale to every scene following that all the way to the end of the ride. Uh, sources also indicate that the scene in the dome at the top of the attraction where the guests look look back at Earth from space will be drastically reimagined, utilizing the latest projection mapping technologies. Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of due. Like, as sad as, as I feel about it, I would agree, unfortunately. Yep. Well, and I, I'm glad. That, I think it's great that they're upgrading the technology, right? I mean, why not, right? The, the te- there's new technology out there. This also makes sense because they dropped Siemens as the sponsor, right? So this signals to, to me that maybe a new sponsor is about to come in. Right, because most of the time they get those sponsors to pay for these things. <laughs> so I'll yeah, be interested or, to see. But lately, they haven't even necessarily been having sponsors on things. Well, actually, I guess that's not true. They've yeah, they Baby still Bell have. and Toy Story. But I, I feel like yeah, there have been right. they've been dropping a lot more sponsors lately. You're right. Um, but it does. I don't know. It does feel like that maybe that's going to be the time. My question is: Are they going to keep the same narrator? Are they going to do a new narrator? And if they're going to do a new narrator, who would it be? Who should it be? I I kind of like Judy Dench. I, I mean, like Judy Dench too. Yeah, I mean, I don't, hmm, who would I replace her with? <laughs> I feel like the obvious choice is Morgan Freeman, right? I was going to say that too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how could you not say Morgan Freeman, right? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I already had his voice in the back of my head, so yeah, I'll, I'll accept Morgan Freeman. But no, I mean, there, there's no reason why they have to even change it, right? Because the scenes themselves, the queuing is going to stay the same. Yeah. So. But yeah, I guess if the scenes themselves change drastically enough, you know, she's talking about, you know, I don't know, but yeah, like it, they they could change the scene to the point where it just doesn't make sense with the the audio. So yeah, I, or they could bring her back in to re-record. I don't know. I mean, I would assume that they would re-record it regardless. But I don't know. I I, I agree though with you guys. I think it's due. I Spaceship Earth is actually one of my favorite things. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys ever noticed this, but there is this distinct smell when you walk up to Spaceship Earth. I don't know if it's some sort of chemical they use for on like the, on you know the the big giant wheel that makes the thing turn, but like it, or it's just the air conditioning or something. But it's like that weird thing that trigger triggers like a childhood memory in me. You know what I mean? It's just got that. I don't know. It's it's Wait, something that I remember from being a kid. Hold on, the smell leading up to it, not the smell yes. inside of the burning the sm- stuff. That does too, but there is a smell leading up to it. Like when you get to that last ramp as you're walking into it, there is a distinct smell that you. I, I, and maybe maybe no one notices this except for me, but <laughs> I've always I'll, noticed this. You're gonna make me hyper aware of this when I go in January, <laughs> and I'm gonna be standing there looking like an idiot. Just smelling, like, the like air. sniffing the air, going, "What is that?" I, but, I swear, there's a smell. Yeah. Okay. You're, yeah. I'm, you're t- you're talking about the burning smell in the in the Rome burning scene, right? Yeah. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But but no, I now I'm thinking about it, and when I'm there, it's humid, and all I smell outside is hot, like hot people, humid. <laughs> yeah. Area. So I I don't know if I've ever noticed a particular smell in that area. 
I, you're going to notice it this time. And if anybody else notices this, if listening to this right now, send me a message. Send us a message. Post on Facebook because I want to know that I'm not the only one that's, that knows that distinct smell walking up to that tunnel. <laughs> so It's not like the the pirate smell or anything, is it? <laughs> it's it's definitely not a purposeful smell. I'll say that. <laughs> it's It's obviously huh. some sort of smell that's coming through the air conditioning or... I don't know, some sort of mechanical lubricant of some sort. Exhaust. I have no idea what Tom's talking about, just so we go on record here. I think he's crazy. I I don't know either. I'm trying to, I'm racking my brain thinking about the times that I've been standing there, and I do not recall a distinct smell in that area. (laughs) I mean, it's possible I'm losing my mind, but (laughs) I swear there's a smell there, so... Um, but no, I, I'm excited about this if this is the case. I, I think this is a great thing to do uh, as the continuing overhaul of Epcot. Uh, I I would hope that they're able to do these things and keep the ride open because Epcot is, you know, running short on things right now, <laughs> you know, with, with Ratatouille being built and, uh, you know, the Ellen closing and interventions being basically done. Um, you know, closing something else, especially something as iconic as that would be, uh, I think kind of rough for crowds. Well, it's kind of a twofold thing too, is, uh, one, how do you like, because if they blocked off individual scenes while they were doing work, that would be weird because you just have like, like a facade or just like a, a a dark hallway. I'm Um, okay with a facade though. I would, I'd rather they did that to be honest with you, like some hand painted, yeah, some hand painted scene. While they're working on it, I would be cool with that because I, I hate to take away that experience. I mean, listen, for us, you know, we go often enough. People that live in Florida go often enough, right? It's not a big deal. But I always think about those families that are coming that, you know, maybe even once in a lifetime. I mean, I have many friends that go once, like, yep. you know, they went once. Absolutely. <laughs> or they're yep. going once or their kids are 10 and they haven't been yet. And I, you know, for, for them, I, I hope that, you know, something as iconic as this stays open throughout that process, at well, least in some aspect. So, so yeah, other thoughts around that are this new projection technology. Like, why could they not use that in a temporary stance? Like, oh, like yeah. again, you know, have a facade, but then have something projected on the side just so that, you know, there's still some sense of movement or whatever. That's a good point. Yeah, um, that's a good point. The other thing, talking about closing it itself, um, you're right. The, the thing about Spaceship Earth is it's a people eater. Like, it's, yep. it's a pretty high throughput ride because it's a it's that omni mover track and it you know yeah like you said there's not a lot in epcot right now so yeah they either need to do this after a couple like after guardians and ratatouille opens or eh, yeah do it slowly overnight scene by scene yeah (laughs) i'm voting for scene by scene yeah i think that would be good i mean that projection stuff they could install you know they could probably work on it overnight and start you know testing it you know after the park closes i mean epcot closes at like nine o'clock every night pretty much so i mean they could get a lot of work done there i mean i've always do you guys always wonder when you get to the top and you're looking at the ceiling but then there's that black part that you can't see that just like looks like a i don't know i've always wanted to know what that stuff is up there (laughs) oh that that's the former space station is that what that is yeah it's still there Wow. Yeah, they just they just put something or like a tarp over it. <laughs> well, no, it's not tarp. They, they, last I checked, I believe they, I believe they took the structure out because there used to actually be the structure there, and I think it's just uh, they just removed it, and so now it's just black. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, yeah, there used to be that space station up there. So I I did actually watch some documentaries and stuff on this from way back in the day. So that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, anything else we want to mention about this before we wrap up for today? No, we have to wrap up because we had our secret project. That's right. Yes, we do. All right. Okay. Go ahead, Trevor. You want to wrap us up? Yep. Uh, so, um, as usual, more questions. We love talking to you guys. Keep it coming. You know, you can always find us at uh, welcomehomepodcast at gmail.com for email. Um, like we said, you know, we have this awesome website that, you know, state of the art. i'm trying to it looks good it looks good i'm trying to compare it to you know the dvc resale website but i can't (laughs) so you know yeah we got a website but nothing cool there so you can go to welcomehomepodcast.com if you really want to check it out um but again you know we we usually talk to you guys on social media so um, probably the biggest place to find us is on Facebook uh, at Welcome Home Podcast. But of course, we do have Twitter and Instagram, but we're not very good at those things most of the time. So <laughs> we're good um, at Facebook. We're good at yeah. Facebook at least. Yeah, we. I, I think we. I think we all like Facebook. So yeah. Um, but yeah, we do. We do get stuff posted on Twitter and Instagram. I think for trips and stuff. But that's about it. Um, and. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah, if you if you guys did find us on iTunes, uh, we do like our uh, reviews because they just help the service work better for us so that it's more visible. So same thing on, on Google, you know, leave us a review. Um, even if you don't like the podcast, at least tell us why. I mean, yeah. you're entitled to not like us. We don't expect everybody to like us. And if, but... and if you just don't like Trevor and Tom, you can say that too. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. That's, that's fine. That's cool. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've, there is one review out there that talks about how much they don't like me. So <laughs> <laughs> it does make me chuckle every time I go over there. It's funny. It, it is. I mean, listen, I'll take it. I'll take the criticism. That's fine. <laughs> yep. So don't forget to subscribe to Welcome Home Podcast so you can be reminded every time we release a new episode. Uh, and, you know, subscribe so you can, uh, you know, know about our secret project that we have coming up here. That way you can be alerted about that. Um, you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. Um, just a reminder to our listeners, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company and as such. Any and all opinions we express on this show are our own, so please consult a DVC representative or Disney cast member for more information. Um, big, big thank you to DVC Resale Market today for uh, being on our show and for being our sponsor. We really appreciate them. They are a great company to work for, really nice people over there. So uh, thank you to them and uh, Nick Cotton and, um, and, and Marissa and Derek. We really, really appreciate them being on. So, Damon, do you have anything you want to plug? I do. So I, I know some kids that are doing some... Uh fashiony stuff over on instagram so it's uh, instagram.com slash cullen gabriel fashion c-u-l-l-e-n gabriel g-a-b-r-i-e-l fashion all one word go check it out you know subscribe to them give them some likes let them get started they are going to do some disney stuff tomorrow so i believe that there will be some disney fashion on there so go check them out and, and help them uh, grow their following awesome Uh, Join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion and, of course, more DVC talk. We hope to see you all real soon. This is Skipper Albert Awal, the voice of the jungle, signing off from Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. We'll do a hug when we hit a chair. How she can cuddle is no man's affair. I looked around from pole to pole, found her in a sugar bowl. Look out, here comes.